If you'd like to follow along, I'll be reading 2 Corinthians 13.5. 2 Corinthians 13.5. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Good to see all of you this morning, beloved. I'm glad you survived the New Year's uh, celebrations. For some of us my age, we celebrated a whole lot less than some of you younger folk, but we're so glad to see all of you here this morning. I appreciate everyone being here, the songs that were sang, the Lord's Supper, everything, the prayers that went on. Appreciate that very much. It really does help me to do what I need to do when I get up here when everything's been done in that way and vigorously, and your, your singing was fantastic. I appreciate it very much. But then uh, the title of my lesson, I Am Resolved. We sing that song sometime. I am resolved no longer to linger. To, to, to linger. And the, the word resolve means we're going re, to resolve something. We're going to make a, quote, revolution. Uh, not a revolution, a resolution, okay? Some of us need to make a revolution, too. But I want to talk about taking inventory, okay? Um, and have you made any resolutions yet this year? I don't, you don't have to hold your hand up, but just, uh, you know, answer to yourself, you know. Have, have y'all kind of got a thing about that? This isn't the only time of the year to make resolutions. You know, we can, we can make a determination in July that, man, I need to do better in this area or that area. So, so this isn't the only time, but it is a good time because it's the beginning of a new year. We see that as kind of a fresh start, you know, and, and a good time to do that. So we make a lot of what they call New Year's resolutions. Um, I saw a, a poll uh, on one of the news channels that said that uh, the vast majority of the people that make resolutions or New Year's resolutions end up breaking them within about 33 days in. Um, now, I don't know, you know, um, but um, brethren, before we can make the proper resolutions, if we want to do the ones that's going to really affect our life, we need to first take inventory of our lives, okay? Um, have y'all ever done that? Uh, take an inventory. Uh, inventory determines where, where you stand and the direction you need to take. Um, you can't get there if you don't know where you're going. That's why our scripture this morning uh, re reading was 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself, he says. Test yourselves. Make sure, you know. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, brethren. Someone has said the toughest exam any of us have to take is the self-exam. And that is hard to look at the man in the mirror, so to speak. But it is necessary if we want to improve, we want to do better. Um, I don't know if you've ever taken inventory before. A lot of y'all work with big stores or big businesses, you know. And, and at least once a year, you know, they'll take inventory. When I was 16, and young people, that was an ancient time ago, you know. But, but when I was 16, I, got, I actually got my first inside job. All my jobs prior to that were outside. I got a... Um, job in a grocery store started out as a bag boy and worked my way up you know and um and uh what but once a year we would take inventory and on that night even if you didn't work that day everybody come in that evening when the store closed and we would work all night and we would have to count just about every item in that grocery store now, it wasn't a Walmart, of course, but it was a, you know, your average size grocery store in that day. And, and, and y'all, now I think, if I understand correctly, most of the inventory is done by computer, right? Is that the way they do it, you know? It's all on computer and everything. Back then, it wasn't that way. I'm, I'm from Noah's time, you know, and, and we had pencil and paper, and we had a little clicker. Y'all, any of y'all remember them little clickers? 
And you'd walk along there and he'd have the product on his pad. How many Del Monte green beans? Boom, 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 boom. How many camel's chicken noodle soup? You know, blah, blah, blah. How many cream of mushroom? Ooh, yeah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, you, and you do that and then you'd write it all down. And it took us all night, a whole crew doing that, you know. And, and, and they would learn a lot from that inventory. In fact, brethren, I was surprised. That's the way that they learned how much had been shoplifted during the year. And he says, bunch. You know, and, and so it's necessary to do that from time to time. Um, a businessman takes inventory. Um, fella come into church one time in a congregation I was at before, and, and, and man, he was tired. He was haggard. You could tell he'd been up all night, I, you know, and, and I overheard him and another gentleman talking about it. And, and the guy said, man, you look like death warmed over. What in the world's going on? He said, I've been up all night taking inventory at my business. And the guy said to him, well, why in the world would you bother to do that? And a very interesting conversation come out of that. And he said, you know what? You learn much from taking inventory. You learn a whole lot of things. He said, I learned that I was overstocked on some things, that I had too much of them. Now, brothers and sisters, you know, he said, he said these things took up a much-needed shelf space, and they crowded out the more preferred items that would have been more profitable Brethren, we need to look at that in our, in our spiritual life, right? Do we have too much stuff on our shelves, our spiritual life, you know? Luke 8, 14, Jesus is talking about the seed and the sower, and he talks about the seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with the worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. These folk got too many things on their shelf, so to speak, you know? Got too much going on. What, what are you overstocked in, beloved? You know, what is it that as we take inventory, we say, <clears throat> I've got too much of this that's crowding out the good. That's crowding out the more profitable. That is crowding out my service to the Lord, which, of course, brothers and sisters, is the most important because we're to seek first the kingdom of God. What do you have too much of? Brethren, with some of it is self. That song we just sang, you know, some people can honestly say, none of self, I mean, none of, none of thee, all of self and none of thee. A lot of people are at that point. And I'm talking about Christians, you know, um, very lukewarm, you know. Others have been able to advance a little bit further in that song we sang, you know, some of self and some of thee, but that's still not where we need to be. Brothers and sisters, many people haven't, that claim to be Christians have not denied themselves and taken up the cross and followed Jesus as, as Luke 9, 23 says we must do. A lot of people live for self. They'll tell you, I look out for number one. Well, if you mean by number one, Jesus Christ, you're doing good. If you mean you, then you're on the wrong path. Self has crowded Christ off the throne in many people's life, you know. And Jesus says about that in Matthew 6, 24, you can't serve two masters. You'll, you'll hate the one and cling to the other. So we can let self get in the way, brothers and sisters. What about possessions? Maybe we got too much of that on our shelf, you know, that we need to take inventory of, okay? And, and let me ask you this last year. Did your possessions own you or did you own them? There is a big difference. A lot of people are not here this morning because they are allowing their possessions, their material things, to get in the way of worshiping God. They freely admit that. Do you have things in exclusion of growing, of giving sacrificially to God's work? 
Matthew 6, 21 says, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there's your heart going to be also. You want to know where you're at spiritually? Look at where your treasure is. Look at where you spend most of your money, brethren. That's what the Bible says. What about the world? <clears throat> we know that the Bible teaches that as Christians we are in the world, but we're not to be of the world. We're to come out of the world, spiritually speaking. And uh, what are you trying to hang on to in, in, that's part of the world? You know? Beloved, uh, you, what are, you, what are you hesitant to give yourself fully to God? What is it that's getting in your way? That, that's that getting in your way that's just completely saying, I want to serve you, Lord, with every fiber of my being. You know, this world crowds out Christ, brothers and sisters. The Bible says if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't do both, brothers and sisters. We only have so much room in our hearts, right? And we're either going to make room in our heart for our Heavenly Father and the things of God and the spiritual things, or we're going to make room for the things of the world. And again, Jesus said, you can't do it both. You can't serve two masters. So we need to take inventory of what <clears throat> we have too much of that's crowding out the better things. Well, it would be good to look at that, you know. A lot of us just need to say very simply, what is it that causes me to constantly or habitually forsake the assembly of the Lord's service? Because there are a lot of people that, you know, and, and I know I'm stepping on toes this morning, brothers and sisters, but there are a lot of folks. Now, listen, if some people have an illness, we understand that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be <clears throat> legalistic here, but there's a whole lot of people that let a, get a, let a whole lot of things get in the way. And brothers and sisters, once the devil understands that you'll let one excuse get in your way, he'll give you a thousand more. Amen? It'll come. The businessman said, I also found that I was understocked on some items, that I needed more of those. So you can be overstocked, you can be understocked. <clears throat> Brethren, as we take spiritual inventory at the beginning of a new year, what are we lacking in? What do we need more of? And somebody would say, well, Brother Green, when it comes to spiritual things, we need everything. And that's true, brothers and sisters. Somebody said, we need to improve in every area. We never get to a point where we've made it. We've, we've arrived, so to speak. There's always room for spiritual growth. And we understand that, brothers and sisters. And, and so uh, knowing that, though, when you take inventory of your, of your past year, what, what you did, what you, uh, you, know, uh, what, what you neglected to do, we do that sometime, right? What could we do better? And again, we could all, you know, just, you know, kind of a blanket saying, well, I can do better than everything, and I need to do better than everything, and I'm going to do better than everything. And that's all fine and well, brothers and sisters, but we need to get specific, right? We, if we're going to make some really good changes, we need to get specific. Um, and so, as stated, there's room for improvement in every area, but, but what are some very important things that you need to work on this year, you know? For me, you know what it is? Every year, brethren, it, and, and I ask God almost on a daily basis, I ask for more faith. Jesus said if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. I want more faith in God. I want more faith to where I depend completely and entirely on God and nothing else at all. You know, now someone says, well, I need to be more committed to the service of Jesus Christ. And, and that's true. Others, it may be Bible study, maybe your prayer time, uh, attending the services of the church and not forsaking the assembly, as the Bible tells us not to do. Maybe some of you need to up your giving. It could be any number of things, brothers and sisters, like that. Maybe we need this year to work on some improved relationships. The Bible has a lot of those one another verses, right? And maybe I need to improve my relationship with God. There's always room for that. Perhaps some of you need to get back in a, 
good graces of your parents, maybe your mate, maybe your children, maybe your brothers and sisters in Christ, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers. It could be any number of things that you just have enmity there, you know, some tension between you and somebody else, brothers and sisters. Be a good time to go to that person and say, hey, you know what, let's work this out. That's just naming a few. So what do you do as you take spiritual inventory, your brothers and sisters? You've got to examine your priorities. That, that's what inventory is all about, right? Isn't it? Really looking at your priorities, you know, and, and, and then we all have priorities. They may differ, but we all have them. And, and so, uh, you know, what came first in your life for the most part in 2019? And then second and third. Just think about that, you know. And what did you spend most of your time doing? Oftentimes, brothers and sisters, we mean well, and we want to do good, but we get ourselves uh, kind of out of sort, so to speak, you know. Out of, we get our priorities all mixed up and out of order. We need to really look at those. Y'all know Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, about Martha and Mary. As they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Good thing to do. But Martha, listen to this, brethren. This is key. Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Now, brethren, was she doing good? <laughs> she wanted to feed Jesus. And she came up to him and said, and brethren, this was a very bold statement, especially in that day and age. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? You tell her to help me. Can you imagine that? Y'all know how kids are like that. Mama, you tell him to help me out. You tell my brother. To, you know, it's kind of like that. And Jesus, bless his heart, he was not at all offended by that. But he answered her and, and, and told her this. The Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. How many of us could say that was part of my life last year? Worried and bothered about so many things. But Jesus narrows it down, and he says, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Martha, I appreciate you fixing a meal for us. That's a wonderful thing. But what Mary's doing has eternal consequences. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what Mary was doing. Did we do that last year, brothers and sisters? As we take inventory, we need to get our priorities in order. And friend, let me just be honest and upfront with you lovingly this morning. If you're not in Christ, you should not do another thing until you get that right. I mean, there's no better time to do that, okay? So what else do we do when we take inventory, brothers and sisters? We learn from our past mistakes, right? Isn't that what we do? It, you know, uh, how many of us have ever said, especially my age, if I only knew then what I know now, you know? Hopefully, brothers and sisters, we're wiser now than we were at the beginning of last year. Hopefully, we've learned a few things, you know? 
You've heard the old expression, those who fail to learn from history are, boy, are, are doomed to repeat it. So, so, you know, we learn from our past mistakes. We make mistakes. We're human. We're frail. We're fragile. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. But, uh, brothers and sisters, we, we need to resolve not to repeat the same mistake over and over and over again. Let's learn from them and move on. That's what taking inventory will help you to do. I heard one fellow say one time, I never make the same mistake twice because I'm too busy making new ones. Uh, and maybe that's the case, but we need to learn from those things, brothers and sisters. See, even a bad thing can be turned into good if we learn from it and, and can move on and move forward and do better, okay? And so uh, the guy taking inventory, he said, you know what I found out? There are some things that don't sell in my business and are not profitable, and so I'm going to discontinue those things. Beloved... What are some things that are not profitable for you, okay? And then learn from your past mistakes. All right, move on. There, learn from that. There, you see the parable of the fig tree that Jesus tells in Luke 13, 6 through 9. And, uh, and he, he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in the vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it, and he didn't find any. We got a fig tree that bears figs every year, and we don't find fruit on it. You know why? The blasted squirrels and birds eat it all up. But this wasn't the case here. Okay, and he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? In other words, there was good fertile ground that could have been nourishing the, the, the vineyard. And he answered and said to him, Let it long serve for one year also, this one year, until I dig around and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, then I'll cut it down. Brother, this time we need to cut down the unfruitful fig trees in our life, right? There's time we need to do that, okay? Um, and so it's using up too good a ground. There are things in our life that, that, that are unfruitful or that bear bad fruit, okay? And we need to cut them down and replace them with something good. You've heard that saying, haven't you? How many of your parents have ever said that to you? Boy, don't keep beating a dead horse, you know? Well, I've never had a dead horse, so. Uh, but we often get... In the rut, brothers and sisters are doing the same old thing, the same old way, and with the same old results. And it's fruitless. So those things that are not fruitful in our life, as you take inventory, we can see those things and hopefully honestly ask, am I, am I bearing fruit for Christ? Am I making a difference? Okay? Let's conclude this morning. The lesson will be yours. You know what a, a tragic thing is? A wasted life. Beloved, I, I just fear to, I, I don't want to ever get to the end of my life only to realize that, uh, you know, not nearly, I wasn't nearly where I ought to be. And I hadn't accomplished nearly what I want to accomplish. Brethren, too many of us just drift along. We make little impact. Plan now. Now's a good time to take inventory. And friend, let me say again as we close in the lesson to be yours, if you're not in Christ... Man, that has eternal consequences. I may take some inventory and say, I'm going to get my finances right here. I'm going to do better in school here or whatever. And those things are wonderful and great, but they're temporary. Our relationship with Christ, whether or not we have one, determines where we're going to live for an eternity. God invites you to come to him. And brethren, when is there a better time to get right with the Lord? 
than right now. I hope you take inventory this year, and I hope we all improve in our service to the Lord. That's your lesson this morning. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, we encourage you to come now while we stand and sing.